This podcast is brought to you by 411 Fightwear, an e-commerce platform that's redefining the local fightwear industry. You can check them out at 411fightwear.com and also on Instagram at 411fightwear. That's 411fightwear. Um, welcome to another radio. <laughs> another. <laughs> See, I told you. What what's happened, Moet? You okay? You concussed? I think I might be. I've been having a headache since yesterday. But it sounds like you're a little concussed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. On that note, welcome to another episode of Leverage Radio. What's up, Pushkaraj? How are you doing, bro? All good, man. All good. How have you been passing your day today? What did you get up to? I met you yesterday. What did you do today? Today was just icing and laying back and chilling. <laughs> you got a bad ray, but those things don't go away that easy. Yeah, that, that's the problem. And, and with me, like especially with me, uh, bone injuries do not heal up that fast because I'm osteoporotic. Oh, so how that nice. takes a shitload of time. I what had is, 19 fractures. What does that today. mean? You had My 19 fractures. At least your hair is not that of an old man like Mohit's. <laughs> yeah. Got one in before. My shirt minutes. also says roast. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so um, so much. So that's why it takes you forever. That's why you had. I know you have a neck injury also, which keeps nagging you. Yeah. So yeah. neck injury is like training. the most severe one. So that is the one that has taken the longest. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I spent over like 8 lakhs for physio on it. So now God I'm like giving damn. up on physios. I'm like, fuck no. Because it just I mean, doesn't heal, man. I'm tired of it now. Have you now tried I've CBD? learned to live with the pain. Oh, I've, I've, ah. I've lived on like 6 painkillers a day for like 2 years. Yeah, but CBD? Yeah, been there, done that. Doesn't work for you? Uh, so I do weed like once a week because yeah. that kills the pain without the side effects of combiflam. So I was having like six combiflams a day and it fucked up my intestine so bad. I was puking oh, even shit. if I had water. Like even oh, if I had shit. a lot of water, it gave me an acid reflux and I used to puke out. Yeah, six is too much. Taste combiflam. Just will you mention combiflam? I can taste it. I wish you hey, mind uh, when I need to take my dosage. After which I had to like have live 52 DS twice a yeah, day for two up, years. Right? Yeah, it fucks you the liver. You know these things better than anyone. You're a, you're a nutritionist as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so but that's uh, what, that time the pain was so intense, I did not have an option. So, then that is before I discovered, like, obviously, CBD and weed. That it kills the pain without the after effects. I, by the way, I do not smoke. So, I do not like smoking up either. So, the only time I do it is like once a week, just so that two days I can sleep without pain. So, you smoke once a week? Yeah. Interesting. Luckily uh, in India, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I know cops no. who do it, so big deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, no. So what I'm saying is, um, that's interesting, man. So, what is this pain that you're always in? I mean, uh, you have your rib, which is, I mean, it's not constant, right? No, rib is not constant. It, it, after that broke, it's been like recurring again and again. But the neck thing, no, basically, my man. C5 and C7, there were micro fractures on my neck, which 
I thought it's just like a neck pain. So I like let go with it, let go with it, just wore a brace and went along with it. After six months, I, the pain continued. I was like, okay, let's get an X-ray. When I took the X-ray, I saw that it was actually a micro fracture, and that was like healed, but it had healed with like little obviously protrusion calcified. from the spine. Yeah, calcified, yeah. growing into inwards into my spine. Spine, yeah. So that started That's fun, huh? a nerve. Pretty sure I'm having that sensation. right now. So I have, I have sudden tingling sensations in my right hand. My right hand grip strength is reduced. Do you get it to the tip of the thumb? Uh, it's like traveling, like it's like a sparkle of glitter yeah, going yeah, down my yeah. arm all yeah. the way down. So my yeah. left hand grip Pleasant. strength is very strong. My right hand yeah. grip strength is fucked. So yeah, after a point, I realized, okay, fuck it, just deal with the pain and move on. As long as it's not getting too much. Dude, do you do any yoga for that shit? So I'm supposed to do like uh, stretching at least four times a day for the neck. Which you don't. Out of which I do like once a day. <laughs> yeah, and I crack my neck like that, which is supposedly not healthy, but I can't control it. It's the only thing that fucking gives temporary relief when it works. I do get relief for it as well, which is why I yeah. do it. Uh, doctors are like, don't do that, don't do that, but doctors do not understand. Constantly. The doctors don't know much about yeah. most things. They How did know you a lot get about this? one thing in my experience. How so did you get this throw. injury? That was a judo throw. One judo throw smack. did this? Yeah. I landed smack on my head and neck. And I had Must have been very tense. Oh, man. <laughs> and the guy also tripped and fell on top of me. So I was on my neck and then this guy on top of me. I and have I... incidentally concussed myself very badly while <laughs> trying to belly to back suplex Utkash. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I slipped. I think we got to get rid of Utkash. Dude. On the back of my head and I saw <laughs> Utkash coming down at me and boom, he landed on I my should, head. I, should, I, I finished think, the round and everything. I think we need everything. to get rid of Utkash. <laughs> Poor thing, yeah, not he's just big. No, yeah, he just. Uh, I mean, if you know how to trade with some Mohit, you, you can handle him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Says everybody not who's much currently of an issue. Uh, I, I think everybody, every gym has that one guy who keeps on injuring everybody else. That used to be Arnav, actually, right? Who on our gym? Elwadi, yeah. Yeah, but he was too. Irregular to keep hurting people. Yeah, he used to come in, he, he used to come in once a week. Assassinate a couple of people and fuck off. It's true, man. I think, uh, I think uh, so sure. Yeah, Utkash is definitely a winner on that one. But uh, how's it going, man? Like, uh, how has the lockdown been for you? Any kind of uh, classes you've been taking or have you been uh, keeping busy? So funnily, the lockdown has been quite good to me. Uh, okay. I like I like for long wanted a chill time. I was not I'm not the kind who takes rest. So lockdown like forced a rest on me, which was good. And then yeah, I've been taking uh, Krav Maga classes online. My Dubai-based advertising clients are on board. So advertising work has been going on. Films work has been totally stopped, obviously because you can't shoot anymore. Mm. Like permissions were not there. But now Bombay has relaxed the permission for shoots might start again. Let's see. A bunch of them have happened, but not under my direction. Mm-hmm. And fitness consultation work for a change took a change from dealing with athletes and people who want to get fit to people who just want to get healthy and get rid of diabetes and stuff. So a lot yeah. of the nutrition transition towards diabetes and lifestyle consultation, which earlier right. used to not concentrate on so much. But now suddenly I have like a 
hell lot of diabetic and geriatric clients just wanting to keep up their immunity and be healthy. We discussed so in this. A we way, discussed this. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, it's a good thing for the fitness industry that people are now suddenly realizing that fitness does matter, no matter how much money you have. If you end up turtled up upside down on a bed, hospital bed, your money doesn't help you a lot. Yeah, so preventive measures are essential. Yeah, turtle upside down, like <laughs> <facing> the ceiling. <laughs> No, but um, tell me something, man. I've uh, I've noticed that uh, a lot of people that you find who get these disorders, okay, who are diabetic, who are well obese, uh, who are unhealthy uh, in general. Uh, I think this is. I mean, nurture plays a big part in this, obviously. And also, like you, if you look at their parents, a lot of their parents are not very physically active. Yeah. So actually, I just wrote a blog about this yesterday. So there's a joke, uh, little mean, but it's kind of factual that diabetes doesn't run in your family. The problem is that nobody runs in your family. Nobody runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've heard I've heard similar stuff, but yeah, it's but, it's ridiculous that. So, yeah, for for a long time, people said that diabetes is genetic. Okay. <laughs> so yes, there are certain precursors that can make you. More susceptible they're, they're to diabetes. Predisposition, they're predispositions with everything, even mental disease. Yes. yes. But diabetes is not entirely genetic. Okay. Like uh, me and my family is an example. Everybody in my family is mm-hmm. diabetic, like severely diabetic. Mm-hmm. Like almost nobody crosses the age group of 60. Mm-hmm. But uh, me, my sister, and my mom, who live separately from the rest of the family, are not diabetic. So my cousin sister, thing. my cousin sister who's 25 nurture, is then, diabetic right? to the point of injecting insulin every day. 25, huh? Yeah. So it, it's purely a lifestyle thing because uh, in my extended family, people just gorge on carbs and there's never been no discipline about lifestyle living, nothing. It's just khao pio maja karo. These guys want to wake up and have a fucking cake. These guys want a dessert <laughs> dinner. Basically, 12-year-old me. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> so, so that is the life, man, uncle, but you got to stop at some point in time, right? Yeah, one of, one of my uncles was called Boka, which means Tomcat, because he was eternally hungry. Like, he would wake up and first thing, like, with his eyes almost closed, go to the kitchen, pick up the dabba of sweets and come and split with the whole dabba eating. Obviously, it didn't last beyond age 55. 58, I guess, yeah. Oh, man. So, no, but like, Again, that's people don't work out. Whether whether it's a walk, whether it's taking the stairs to places, people just don't do it. Yeah. And that shit gets passed down from generation to generation. And that's why I have friends who are, well, well, 30 years old, few years older to me, 35, and they look not a day younger than 50 years old. Yeah, true that. All, all, a lot of my classmates too. Hey man, stop talking shit about me. All right. No, I'm talking about sh- Shiv Hora. I'm not you. you I know, yeah. In forties, <laughs> like Hora, I, I have to push Hora to get into shape, and I plan basic workouts for him because well, anything would actually get his heart going. Well, so, activity and food. Then pe- a lot of people give this example like, "Hamare Dada Ji to 90 saal tak jiye, wo to sab kuch khate the." But you fucking idiot, do you realize your dadaji, dadaji used to walk, walk 5 kilometers a day just to like go to the grocery store and come back? 
So that's 10 kilometers a day. What the fuck are you? Yep, yep, yep. Fuck a grocery store, dude. Your dadaji was in the fields taking the yeah. groceries out of the ground. Yeah, like like my great grandfather is probably the only guy I've known in my family to cross the age of 95. And this guy used to walk morning to the temple and back, evening to the dam and back, then to the grocery store and back, then again to the temple and back. So if you overall count his walking, yeah, overall if you count his walking, it's like it's ridiculous. 15 to 18 kilometers a day. Yes, now these steps get the same. Huh? Like 18 to 20 kilometers a day is more than your fucking calorie meter will count. I've had people come up so, to me like, "Oh, I walk 10,000 steps a day." I, like, I was gonna, yeah. I was just gonna bring this up, and you two would be great people to ask this. Um, do you think that you know people who like? Okay, so look. you guys we are all uh, we all train martial arts and do weightlifting and all this other stuff but for people who actually don't do this kind of thing who have been living sedentary lives and you know which is the majority of our country do you think uh, do you think that them walking 10000 15000 whatever x steps yeah does it make sure. a difference for sure see uh, any activity helps in my opinion like get an activity done it doesn't it's matter what you're flowing, doing no matter move. what you do get yeah. the blood flowing right yeah. move if you're not moving you die the body is built on very simple principles it keeps what you use it cuts out what you don't mm-hmm. so if you stop using your body eventually it's going to start shutting it keeps down keeps everything how it works right. yeah it starts holding on to everything yeah it will like, oh, you, you just want to sleep muscles. all the time yeah let me cut down muscles let me just store up fat and let's start shutting down every system one by one because he's not using it anymore and that's how you age and that so is how, how do you how do you age deal, yeah the more you age more you age the more you need to resistance train you, you <laughs> because your body work? starts shutting down muscles the fastest resistance train weight train okay work yeah against resistance mm-hmm. because only body weight is not going to cut it after a while because your body is like oh he's not adding any external load So why build let any extra me, muscle? Let me deteriorate so that yeah. the bare minimum quality can be maintained. Your body is a super efficient machine. Yeah, your body is a super efficient machine. It will cut down what you want to use so that no. energy. So that energy utilization can be maximized. It's a different. So I, I, so I mean that brings me to my next question. A uh, couple of things. Uh, one. So a guy like Mohit, okay, uh, Mohit has struggled to put on size his whole life. In fact, recently he's actually started putting on weight. because mohit does every workout in his life like an hit workout uh, and his food habits are the worst i've ever seen of any human alive uh that's not even so true. how do you deal with a client who refuses to eat well clean but your client's output is ish. fucking phenomenal dude like clean ish but, oh, but only does hit workouts just, and wants to put on muscle and size just balls to the wall okay. i'm giving you a study right now i'm giving you a case study so how would you deal with a guy like mohit right now who say cannot put on any weight is sweating before he starts warming up his shirt is drenched hmm. he has yeah, maximum high metabolism around in him yeah so mohit's metabolism is through the roof the guy is So he sweats. He used to be sweating to a point where Dude, Mohit's my body, body shut down. Nothing in it. My he body shut down once. Trained. Like I got home and fully cramped out. My kidneys were hurting. Uh, my parents <laughs> freaked out. Like they had to give me. Yeah, all yeah. Yeah. Okay. Almost yeah. on an IV trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what do you do with somebody like that? That's not healthy because if you if you want to gain size, 
one obviously you have to strength train and strength train is not catabolic constant hiit pushing yourself yeah. that is going to make you lose muscle mass no, okay but uh, strength training is when you take a nice 5 minute break between sets and in that set you lift as heavy as you can for like 5 to 6 reps max i get so bored <laughs> waiting you may get bored but getting bored against what your objective is a question here But oh. and but but by going hard, is, by, you will you will get I... bored, Mohit. You will finish. get bored if you do not have a goal. If yeah. you have a goal, then you are not bored because you are saying, okay, this week I charted 100 kgs. Next week I want to charge 105. Next week I want to charge 110, and so on. And so, you are seeing continual progress. Yeah. So if you keep that chart of progress going, you do not get bored. If you just think that oh, I have to go weight train and mindlessly and, weight train, it's going to and, not drive you at all. Okay. Oh, so find Mohit. a progress chart, find Great. a goal, and you will automatically progress. Also, rebuttal to that, Mohit. So I agree with you completely, which is what I did during the lockdown because I had so much time on my hands. I made it a point to lift slowly and He take my. He didn't get bigger, also. And my my weight now is consistently before the lockdown. 75. It was about seventy two. Now even post training, after sweating uh, everything, I'm maintaining uh, about seventy five, seventy five point three. so nice. you're right you are absolutely right and that did work for me uh my question however is like sometimes when i'm weight training or if i'm uh doing strength and conditioning uh my focus is on like i'm visualizing let's say uh a combat simulation like uh, if i'm doing a decline bench press for example okay mm-hmm. that's very similar to when somebody is trying to pass your guard they have got that position you have no to framing. frame mm-hmm. and move your hips out so okay. right now in that situation that specific situation mm-hmm. is it better uh, to let's say do lightweight 15 20 reps or heavy weight four reps and then take a break now because okay. it's sport specific training and that's what my you know that, that's what yeah. i want to gear my training around so uh ideally the way you design a training for an athlete is for example 3 days of strength training okay and one day of sport specific training and the rest of the days also you're training your regular skill sport that you're doing anyways sure your sport your sport specific conditioning is only one day because the three days that you strength train you should strength train purely with the objective of hypertrophying and strengthening the muscles that you have in your body overall okay at the time of a decline bench press if you are thinking of doing an escape okay that's not going to work okay because then your load is going to be submaximum then right and if you want your muscle to grow you want maximal load your muscle doesn't give a shit what you're going to use it for what your muscle knows is i need to contract i need to relax i need to contract i need to relax so all the sport specific things you're thinking leave it when you're strength training when you're strength training just train strength just contract and relax the muscle to a point that you create a stimulus for it to grow and get stronger hmm. but what so about then what about then the argument push. okay so what about then the argument that uh wouldn't that lead to excessive soreness when i actually have to train my sport like okay. if i have to go on a daily 2 3 hour drilling rolling 
session and my pecs are sore or my back is sore or my lower back is killing me or my hamstrings are short or my calves are blown out uh, isn't that exactly a recipe for so again when you program your strength training when you program your strength training or when i program a strength training for an athlete okay generally divided into seasons you have a strength season you have your training season and you have your contest prep or your competition pre comp okay so <clears throat> your strength season will be heavy impetus on strength training and just skill work mostly when you're training on your skill sport you're not going all out there okay obviously because there will be a give and take as a athlete of any other sport than powerlifting itself you would never go 100% in strength training 80% sure. would be the max you would push yourself sure and 80% is a lot because you will still be sore for your next day's workout but then yeah, when you start coming closer to your competition days you start reducing the intensity as well as the number of days you train strength training mm-hmm. in fact in your like prep days or your pre comp days your strength training is near zero you're just doing once a week to maintain the hypertrophy that you have achieved and that is about it okay but so, when you're doing so, pure strength yeah. okay when you're doing your pure strength cycle you would not focus so much on going all out on your drills and your techniques but you would focus all out on your strength training so that that is the time you gain most muscle you can afford to be sore you can afford to be a little slow in your training while you're learning new moves and stuff so that's a little hard for somebody like me say i have a adcc trials in december um at the moment what i'm doing with my uh, i mean i'm strength training and i'm i'm cutting weight at the same time so i have to get to 77 kilos and i'm going to plan to cut i'm about 83 kilos right now i'm going to cut to about 79 kilos very easy and then water weight which is effortless uh 2 kilos uh so i'm working on with my i've a strength coach i've been working with for a while and well obviously i'm sore all the time and you know how i roll i train in the evening i do competition rounds for well an hour i probably do the most rounds in that hour out of anybody on the mat i roll in the morning also sometimes uh, but that's key and that's just to help one of my guys uh, plus i drill twice a day so soreness at least when mohit mentions soreness has never been an issue for me but uh, maybe because i'm younger than mohit i don't know but um, I don't know man uh it's never been an issue for me really i've just managed to work with it as an old friend and <laughs> i have to keep and i'm I, i try to eat right and i try to recover correctly but it's still it's hard uh so, so you're saying for an athlete like me let's say i what would you do for someone like me who is prepping for comp So the first thing you shouldn't go all out on your strength training obviously it's not you, all out obviously yeah, yeah, injuries also yeah yeah you just do enough to maintain your strength and not not lose muscle at this point yeah that's all you do and focus on your comp and for weight cutting obviously your workout is not that important as your diet is diet is everything that comes to weight like cut out the carbs and you start dropping weight i mean i can i can cut this weight weight in two days Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, 4 kg. So, but I just want to be 77 kilos, and I want to be strong as an ox. So that's my goal. Uh, so after this comp, after this comp, uh, structure a complete 
plan. Yeah, let me tell you why. Because uh, yeah, the guys who I will be competing with are on those Mexican supplements. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck my hormonal system up and imbalances. Huh. So I am going to be doing this completely natural, um, except mm-hmm. for. Uh, I I drink coke sometimes, um, <laughs> except for bullshit like that. I don't I don't snort coke. I drink coke, Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fat on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's shit like that. I mean, my my hat, my cap is also a big indicator of my love for coke. So stuff like that, you know. Uh, but I am completely like off the supplements, the Mexican supplements, mm-hmm. which brings me directly into my. Next question. Uh, let's Both. say I were to get on a cycle right now. Mm-hmm. What are the different types of cycles you can get onto <laughs> firstly to start with? Because I am fucking clueless, right? Uh, we have okay. a dummy's perspective of make supplements. Yeah, and and that is pretty much everybody, including the guy who think they know shit about it. Because exactly. I've dealt with people who think they know about shit. And then they come to me with nipples the size of table tennis balls. With gyno, oh, and then like, yeah. karu, sir. I'm like, dude, why the fuck did you do what you did in the first year? That's all estrogen, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking PCT badly done, you end up with gyno. Post cycle therapy badly PCT? done, you end up with gyno. Post cycle. Post cycle therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's like this: if you're, if this is where your hormones are, like they are on level with each other. Mm-hmm. You're putting in roids and boosting one side up artificially. Right. Okay. So your body starts. Your body knows that everything has to be in balance. As I mentioned earlier, your body is a very efficient machine. So if your testosterone is going up, your body is going to bump up the estrogen as well by itself. Right, right. So if you don't counter that, what the body is doing there, okay, by blocking the estrogen receptors and stuff, obviously you're going to start developing feminine features, so-called feminine features, which is man boobs. So, dysfunction. so that's why these uh, guys take estrogen blockers. So if they find yes. estrogen blockers in somebody's system, that's a indicator yeah. that they would have taken some substance. Oh, and and that's the best thing about testing for roids in sports that you never directly test for the roid itself. You test for, for the byproducts blocker. of it. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Uh, blocker or byproducts. Okay. okay, interesting. And roiding in sports is such a huge scam. Is that uh? A scientist actually devised a method to gauge roiding with a simple test that costs like less than $100. Okay. Okay. And this guy's test was not passed for usage in sports. Okay. Because all the bodies that govern roiding in sports would stop making money if this shit passed. Money. Like everybody knows the Russian Olympic team roids. Everybody knows the US Olympic team roids. But who's going to stop them? They run the fucking federation. They run what? Anybody who's seen, anybody who's seen Icarus, I think, has a layman. Yeah, exactly. Icarus is idea. like the whistleblower on all of it, and it's been known for ages. Like, so, okay, so these guys have access to designer roids. And when you talk about designer roids, they're not some special shit that, like, oh my god, is going to do something different to your body. They are just roids. With better Bandit. masking agents for the elements that can be caught. Interesting. It's all about That's masking so agents. That's yeah, so it's all about up. masking agents. You mask it right, you don't get caught, and that's all about it. So and I'm, I'm reading people, here that uh-huh. that anabolic steroids, or at least testosterone, was first synthesized in Germany in 1935, yeah. and was used to medically treat depression. Yes. Okay. 
and then in the 50s i believe the russians started misusing it uh and misappropriating it for in 60s athletic. it made its way into bodybuilding and right. that's where the glory days of roids began right and didn't mean to interrupt it here sort uh you were saying uh which part uh so you were talked about that these guys the designer uh yeah so the all your designer steroids. roids are nothing but your basic roids with better masking agents so they don't get caught okay there are there is no such major breakthrough in the kind of roids people have been using since i think the since 80s or 90s 80s. 80s, 80s or 90s so 60s was the era of dynaball which has a lot of side effects so arnold is a dynaball baby okay uh, and dynaball yeah so people you see still use dynaball because it's the cheapest and the most like you literally see a huge change because you bloat up like shit but it's killing your liver very fast it gives you moon patia where your jaw rounds up and your face becomes circular okay so what about that bubble gut that these guys get faces, dude that get that side effect i've noticed in a lot of bodybuilders Damn. yeah so now let me talk about that so that like is like the hulk hogan bubble gut yeah so that is wrongly called as the roid gut because it has nothing to do with roid what is this intestines a, becoming huge yeah that is a gh gut when you misuse growth hormones okay oh, no, we'll get to that in a second happens. so you mentioned dynabol is one kind of uh so dynabol was correct? the first one the first one to find major use in bodybuilding and therefore later on sports with bay of all babe ruth and all these guys barry bonds and themselves up Yeah. yeah yeah the whole legendary big boy story and your yeah. wrestlers majorly because dynamo got you huge like really really fast but it fucked up your liver at a equally fast rate so which is why now like most educated bodybuilders or people who are into like anabolics avoid dynamo like the plague so they take only when you say anabolic you mean anabolic steroids of course correct yeah, of course yeah Yeah, and now uh, the trend is, is shifted towards testosterone only. No, no. So what testosterone, is it? Dynabol is also it? testosterone. It's all testosterone, right? It's all testosterone at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derivatives of it. Oh. And different blockers, like you mentioned. Yeah. There is only one anabolic steroid hormone as such, and that is testosterone. And then there are compounds and derivatives of it, which you take in right. different measures to have different effects. For example, so Dynabol is you mentioned Dynabol. Your John Bon Jones, okay? Oh, that guy had no reason to be on, and so this proves how stupid people are when it comes to roid. So the thing that he got caught for, that roid that he's using, has only majorly aesthetic benefits. It does not really have strength benefits. <laughs> so what the fuck was he taking it I'm for? I'm not surprised, motherfucker. It's like I I will get ripped up and I look smart, but that is not going to help you in your sport. In your sport, like I mean, if if ever there was one of knowing John Jones, he probably took yeah. it for his mental peace of mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe I want to like look sharp, look good. Say what you will about John Jones, goat, greatest of all time, without a doubt. The guy is phenomenal. The guy is a phenomenal athlete, no doubt about and it. And I would say pound for pound in all combat sports. Even though you can't, right? You said no idea. That's my opinion. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no. So, आगे बोलो. You said you said Dynaball, which is what give you side effects, yeah. moon facia and moon facia, messing up your liver big time. This is so, we're talking sixties. 
Yeah, this is the 60s. And Dynapol right. is still majorly used. So whenever you find a supplement scam, okay, powder roid dala hai. Where powder may write dollar is basically dynaball powdered up and put into the protein powder. Of course. A, a lot of your dehati coaches do this shit. So many gym out of my body panjaiga. Sasta dynaball like a protein powder medalia. Oh, Guruji Kuchto Pilare, my name a body bangaya. And then with a limp dick for the rest of his life. That is unfortunately the scenario of roids and its misuse in India. So they, they have these, um, you know, competitions all over the country. These. Uh, bodybuilding competitions. Lymph tank conversations? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) State championships, college championships. (laughs) So, how much do you think those guys, like, across the whole country, like, how big a thing do you think steroids is in India? Which sport? Like, just bodybuilding and... Bodybuilding is all out, right? All out. You cannot compete (laughs) on stage without right. End of story. I've heard the same from a lot of nutritionists. Like okay. end of story, you cannot compete on stage without Roy. Because a lot of people tell me, Joe, you all natural and juta egg number. Outright lies, outright It's just a marketing gimmick. Because Indian public is like this, it's a good thing. That's true. Like, say you're vegetarian and say you're roid free and people will follow you like crazy. Yeah, I have known vegetarian Indian bodybuilders. Integrity is upholding. Yeah, I have known vegetarian bodybuilders who are eating chicken tandoori in their hotel room. And when I walk into the room, they're like, Saab, please, bhaar mat bolna, mera sponsorship chala jaye. And I understand yeah. where they're coming from. Because they are shit poor, yaar. Bodybuilding is not a sport where you make good money. Good for them, man. Good for them. That's good. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, don't do, bolna hai, bolo. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Like, okay. At a point, I should get really annoyed with it. But now I know, like, what desperate places these people come from. No, man. You need money. Yeah. To do what you have to do, right? Exactly. So now I'm like, okay, yaar, kar le. Koi baat nahi. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, don't... <laughs> Like, uh, go out of your way to fool people into this shit because then you're just messing people up and giving them the wrong hope and then they get desperate and fall into the wrong way. That's a good point because that happens quite a bit too. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever like, been approached with anybody like... I've been doing this. Yeah, I mean, because Mohit, you and I have never walked into a gym. But that's what I'm saying. Like, listen, I want abs. I walk into a gym and say, yo, listen, I want to be able to... Squat. Jump four feet higher than I did last time. Yeah. Which is one that, foot. That's the difference between an athlete mindset <laughs> and a gym rat mindset. No, so, okay. Uh, how does one, not that I want to, but how does one go about, <laughs> I just say, asking for, asking for asking a friend. Asking for a friend. Suddenly I show up for training, just crazy as fuck. Boys, yes. People's heels off. Uh, Yeah, but no, just out of curiosity. So, look, aren't steroids essentially just a kind of genuine medication given to people who have hormonal imbalances or some kind of growth deficiencies or some kind of recovery issues that they need steroids for? Yes. Like, what are they actually used for? Why don't we start with that? So, why the fuck are they around, basically, you know? Uh, so testosterone, you. like even today, okay, it is medically prescribed as testosterone replacement therapy yeah, for people. Yes, TRT, which is the standard excuse now used by a lot of athletes, which is understandable in my terms, but fuck it. Uh, for depression, for uh, ex- exaggerated aging, like if you're aging very fast, and for erectile dysfunction and sexual problems. 
Okay, and all yes, of these are also it makes you more obviously potent, right? I mean, when yeah, yeah, because okay, having a baby, hormone. it's much more. Yes, it's your basic yeah. sex hormone. So it does everything that being a man is supposed to do. So people actually time. think that TRT will reduce your chances of having a baby. It actually increases them as long as you're on it, right? Yes. Now that is the key. So that's the thing. If you've been supplementing it from outside, it's at a high. But remember, estrogen also went high. So right. now when you shut it off from outside, you can't shut it off, right? Up there, yeah, but your you testosterone shut had shut down by itself because your body right. was like, "Oh fuck, I'm already making so much. Why do I need to keep this factory on? Let me shut it Absolutely. off." The testosterone yeah. drips super That's low. That's when your uh, LLDS comes in, right? Limbic syndrome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you are decadic, which is very common. People on decadurabolin cannot get a hard on, and that for that reason because that spike drop is extremely sharp. So that's the thing, and then if you do not like do a PCT right, do not do a post-cycle therapy right, you're not going to be able to balance those levels back again, and that's how you end up with disorders. So how do you level right. back out? You have to take estrogen or whatever to. Depends on what you have oh. been taking mostly. Well, how do you take estrogen? Because I know, I know, I know only. I don't know. Whatever. Like if your testosterone, you take if your testosterone you, is going you up, then you take estrogen to match them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I I have no only one. Per- okay, okay, okay. You are not a sabji wala. You have kidney on one side and one kilo ka weight on another side. Yeah, told diya. Exactly. Told diya. Okay, kidney me dono bhar gaye. Sab sahi. No, okay. So I I have no only one person in my life. Only one person in my life who has ever talked to me about steroids, and it used to be one of my like neighbors back in the day. He decided to go. No, no. No, no, no. You don't know. Decided to go to, I guess, Bombay to make a career in acting and stuff. And <clears throat> I remember one of the first times he came back. He left maybe when he was twenty, and I was sixteen, seventeen. Came back and he's like, "Bro, many ye like uh, he, I don't know how he explained it, but basically he said he sh- t- takes needles in the thigh uh, uh-huh. or something like that." And I was like, "Why the fuck are you doing?" And he was a giant of a guy. He was already like fucking six five. uh probably close to like 9500 kilos you know big solid guy and i was like 9, why 9500 kilos what 9500 kilos anyway so he is like a dude you get a crazy high from it that's what mike told me also that was the most surprising thing yeah what the fuck is he putting yeah he's like mike, bro mike told me that a friend of his like, is taking the art was on some cycle And he was just uh, raged out, literally roid rage. Okay, so roid rage is a fucking myth. Okay, it's the most commonly used excuse in US courts. Okay, but it is utter crap bullshit. So it will only exaggerate what you already have with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. if you have predisposition so towards rage, and you take yeah. the steroids, and you get roid rage. It's like this. And if, if you are, if, if a... you are a angry asshole. and i make you powerful you become a powerful angry asshole yeah, yeah and that's course. about it i have seen you know, the very capable calm... angry asshole <laughs> and in a lot of these cases it's guys who have experienced cte as well who are already taking roids like if you think about more with your internet just went off and guys who experienced what you were saying i was saying uh, guys who generally are taking these uh, supplements or whatever mexican supplements you want to call them they are involved in some kind of cte related activities like football players or fighters or huh what 
No, I'm still talking about the rage because I thought about like no, that. No, so Roy rage is a myth. Chris, Roy rage. Chris Benoit. Roy rage is a myth. Myth. Roy oh, rage is a myth. Look at the other. Look at Eddie Guerrero. So, so that's okay, what so I'm saying. So, if you want to so, talk about wrestlers, I'll I'll get to wrestlers now. Okay. No, no, so there are a lot of wrestlers who use AMP and T-ball and stuff like that. Now those are not roids as such. Okay, okay those are not. Supplements. It's it's literally like cocaine. AMP will just give you a high. It does not give you any performance benefit. It just so AMP uh, is a hugely addictive drug, and it's become AMP. a fucking rage in Bombay in the Bombay modeling circuit right now. In the gym circuit also, it had become a rage. and it has zero zero performance benefit it's just like recreational fucking coke in the name of bodybuilding and you had mentioned what else turn a ball yeah t ball so t ball is something what? that a lot of wrestlers and powerlifters used to use but then it hasn't stood the test of time but it what still has that do exactly and what is the so test of time supposed to like gives you like this major adrenaline boost and you feel like super powerful and like in the zone and yes. but science does not support it and It's basically uh, a placebo really thing. Really supposed, yeah. It's pure placebo. Interesting. So, it, so basically, if you look at roids, it's only the classical, standard, time-tested, basic roids that actually really perform. So, Dynaball. What else is there? What is our class? No, no. So avoid Dynaball. Dynaball. No, I'm not doing anything. Era. I'm avoiding all of them. <laughs> all care. <laughs> yeah. So, people who might listen and think that oh, they guys, nah, guys please avoid all these things unless. You get a doctor's prescription. I don't Never know why this is with us. No, no, no. no, no. Do not, do not get doctor's prescription, please. <laughs> get Bushkaraj's prescription, please. No, no, no. I, I, I'll tell you the funny issue. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the funny issue. At so Project Battlefit. Doctors <laughs> no. give roids, okay, with a very limited perception of roids. Uh, it's like this. It's like it's like if I have done Krav Maga, I've heard of an armbar. But how many times have I really pulled off an arm bar? Yeah, yeah. So they right. know the general usage. Oh yeah, hote hai. Yeah, but they, they know what it was made for. They haven't yeah, used yeah, and yeah. abused it like bodybuilders have. So funnily, yeah. it's a lot of intelligent bodybuilders that actually have a much more in-depth understanding of roids than most doctors themselves. Dude, it's the same with fighters and weight cutting. Yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. the exact same. Yeah. Like a doctor Absolutely. will tell you not to do anything. A fighter who knows huh. how to professionally weight cut will tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So doctor so, uh, will be like, "Ye khalo, wo pilo," and you will be like looking at him like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Same thing when it comes to roids. So go to an experienced nutritionist who dealt with world-class bodybuilders. You will recommend. Yeah, with who has experience in bodybuilding and powerlifting. Uh, powerlifting is important because bodybuilding is only aesthetic. A guy who's only put people on aesthetic cycles will never be able to guide an athlete. Who is only looking for looking for, for actual performance? Yeah, yeah. So Because that, as I explained before, aesthetic roids are entirely like a different subset from your performance enhancing roids. Your performance enhancing roids are basic. That makes a lot okay? of sense. So would power and lifters and Olympic lifters take the same thing? Yes. Because Just masking agents are different. Just masking agents right, are different. Right. And again. uh your aesthetic based roids okay your roids that give you major changes in aesthetic without a uh, equal development in your performance actually get caught in your roid tests much more easily because they have longer after lives and stay in your blood stream for up to 2 to 4 years what where is your standard testosterone which gives Ooh, you the 4 years benefit? yes your standard <laughs> testosterone which gives you the most value for money increase in performance 
mm-hmm. has a very short half life it's like 6 months and it's out of your blood stream and it cannot be caught so there are a lot of people who do cycles in this way who are competing like tested sports so they do it for 6 months and then 6 months before competition like go clean and then claim to cycling, be clean no they are not yeah. clean they are yeah, roided yeah, as yeah. fuck for the 6 months that are there on cycle but yeah, that is how it works so- and see the whole thing is i don't think forget i don't think it's a fact that when it comes to skill based sports roids will give you an edge of like about 5 to 3% at max strength wise it yeah. might give you a 10 to 15% benefit but performance wise for your specific sport it's a 3 to 5% up so will you, you know, risk your i disagree for the 3 to 5% up i disagree you know why well, well let me give you an example uh so you have two world class athletes let's say grapplers going up against each other mm-hmm. and let's say they're both third degree black belts they both have been training for 15 plus years uh one is 66 kilos of mohit and mm-hmm. one is 66 kilos of complete muscle roids muscle strength yeah. 66 kilos of yoel romero of yoel romero with with a sport like grappling when you get apply technique with strength behind it so exactly so you, now if your performance is already at 100% then when you apply a 3% increase or a 5% increase it's major i would But say it's a little beginner, more with with uh with uh combat sports i think with all sports like with all, all sports skill based uh, sports because uh, see, muscle at, at the end of the day your driver what is not what skill based your muscle what, what drive your body is muscle right what sport is not skill based that's not really skill based no no more it more saying what sport is not skill based i'll try to think of is there a sport that is not skill based let's not no, like archery for example uh, archery uh, where your muscles are not that involved no i'm just trying to understand what he means specifically by skill based sports versus non skill based sports you know like like for example archery in archery testosterone would have no benefit or shooting yeah of course or shooting okay, okay. Those, those are sports but, but they do not but are there is there any skills. is there any testosterone that improves your cognitive ability there is no testosterone that improves your cognitive ability no. but and a uh, steroid and a steroid not yeah, testosterone uh, not Sorry, not steroid but there are pharmaceuticals that improve your cognitive abilities And yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah a lot of archers do take campos to slow down their heart rate and like level out to be able to stay steady at that level mm-hmm. so you have a lot of nootropics you have a lot of stuff like campos and other things that slow your heart rate down make you calmer don't let the pressure get to you and that helps in those sports so every sport actually has its own set of pharmaceutical clades that it use for performance enhancement right every sport is just about which sport you are into and what do you know what you can use to like horse riding would have no benefits if you took steroids <laughs> uh no horse riding would be light as fuck boys major Jockeys major so be very very light jockeys for example cannot cannot weight. be with low bone density a jockey will con- suffer fracture after fracture if he has low bone density so a lot of jockeys are constantly on testosterone for that reason oh damn to keep the bone density high And also, by the way that's how they I have to be very fucking light they're very fucking yeah. light dude like you have 45 kg jockeys riding a fucking super heavy horse and when that horse falls on him some day it's going to crack his fucking bones to shreds if he's not of a high bone density at that weight hmm. so every sport every sport has its 
performance enhancement and it's obvious like people will use what they can use to their benefit if their livelihoods depend on it so that is where it so is. we were talking about dynaball what else is there man and moisturizers so your basic is your testosterone your testosterone depo okay depo. which is the most standard what you start off on and then you keep adding to those compounds as your goals change or deviate like deca is known for strength anadrol is known for strength interesting but then testosterone is your base testosterone is everything and i have seen people put young fucking kids on a full multi compound cycle the first time they ever go on roids and that is a disaster and that is what gives roids the bad name it has today because you are taking a 22 23 year old and giving him a fucking limp dick and like major liver disorders it is not worth it the first time you go on a very basic testosterone cycle is just to test how your body responds to testosterone every body has a different response to the amount it responds to testosterone i know people who like go on just 500 mg of testosterone and like start gaining muscle like shit and i know people on 500 mg of testosterone that would be more hits for sure getting big major nipples and do not really grow that much in muscle so that is what like determines how you change your cycle or what you put into it but people who are out to make quick money on instagram all your insta fucking coaches are like bhai tu mere ko 10000 de main tere ko trial cycle don't even get don't even get me started on instagram coaches yeah it's a like fucking pain and people fall for that shit that's the problem but now stop going blood over it i have managed to get i have seen you by the way i have to bring this up going on rants <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i should get I used to get majorly Which, fucking pissed, but now I'm like, and I used to get riled up looking at your posts. <laughs> I used to get riled up. I'm like, what wow. the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, why am I sitting? I was perfectly fine five minutes ago. Fucking Koshkaraj bastard. So be so be. I'm going to be a pariah. So why am I doing this to myself? No, but yeah. uh, it really fucking spikes your blood pressure up. And now I've realized, like, not myself, it's not my monkeys. It's just. people on their phones yeah yes. so the strategy is uh, get up in the morning check the phone make your posts and then don't look at it again till the next yeah morning. so now my strategy is no phone till 3 o'clock if you realize you don't pick up my phone before 3 o'clock my phone is not my strategy is different i put my phone in airplane mode and i pick it up after unless i have to coordinate with somebody travel i only look at it at lunch time yeah and one one rule that really like helped me very recently is that If you don't have anything nice to say about someone, don't say it on social media. End of story. I I say I talk shit to people in front of their face more than I do behind their back. I make it a point. That, yeah, yeah. I'm like fuck it. Why you? Why you? Why do you want to take the stress? I don't like, sit and hold grudges and all that. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I hold grudges. Not worth it. Not worth. But it. I also talk shit to people to their face if I have something to say to them, which is much yeah. easier. You get shit out. It's out of the yeah, way. Yeah. My my level Instead of diplomacy of, zero. <laughs> No oh. man, but like guys are picking fights on Instagram. Like, dude, oh, you would not be saying this to my face. So please, let's not engage in this nonsense. Yeah. This is where I live. This is where I train. You want to talk? You come anytime. Aaja baat kar. Get yeah. into all this bullshit, you know. Um, so that brings me into uh, another topic that you are experiencing. Um, so you have a lot of experience with Krav Maga. Um, how did you get into that, man? And uh, There are a few guys I know who are open to understanding 
the benefits and flaws of a variety of martial arts, including the one you have practiced the most at the moment, which is Krav Maga. So, to get us started, how do you get started with that, man? So, uh, I used to do, like, initially I was doing karate for a bit, then I moved to judo. I lived in a hostel, so majorly, like, bullying was, like, part and parcel of a life. But luckily, and the thing is, it was a very physical culture, okay? And it Where took was me this? time to grow out of that. So from 4th standard to 10th standard, I lived in a hostel in Bombay. Okay. And we had a very physical culture. Like we could beat someone up one day and next day be like, yo bro, kya chal raha hai? Ha, bhai hai. Like fuck it, move on. <laughs> and that, that is old that was actually that? a bad thing. This uh, was the 35. WWE days, bro. 35. Yeah, dude. When it was on TV all the time. When you're like, staircases. I we remember. used to throw people down staircases. And then be like, ha ha ha, masti kar rahe. Throw somebody's head into like, a Dude, I've been thrown like... down a staircase. Luckily, my hand was like this, like around my head, but yeah. didn't get any concussion. My but sister's got the worst of my fun. delivery days. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I went out of that and into the real world, I had a very messed up sense of like personal space. Hmm. <laughs> so, even if somebody comes and they give me a very hard tapli, which is meant in like anger, I should think like, yeah, majab kar rahe. You're going to hip toss him. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm like, haan, thikha, jo karna hai kar, yeah, fuck it, move on. That type. And then once, like, the guy punched me in the fucking face and, like, dropped me down. And that's when I realized, like, something is messed up in my reaction to aggression in the real world. And that's how I then li- eventually encountered Krav Maga. Okay? It's like, because it broke down aggression and reaction to aggression in level. Instead of just, this is a fight or this is not a fight. Then that's when you I came across the concept that okay, there is avoidance, resistance, de-escalation, Defense. then engagement, and if it engagement goes to destroy, destroy and move out. Right. Which was a very important lesson for me personally. Mm-hmm. And that's how I then started regrowing a sense of personal space. Like, dude, you touch me or fuck. Do baat karna kar le, but the minute you cross this space, I'm going to get aggro at this. And uh, which is a lot of very important thing when taught to women also because women generally don't know that an assault is happening till it gets a little too late. They think, oh, this guy just being too cheesy, too cheesy, too weird. And then they start feeling weirded out to respond, thinking that I scene not create karna. Yeah. Interesting. My so own how do you get into... Ah, sorry. My own ex-girlfriend who had done like kickboxing for like two years, okay? Like proper Muay Thai. And this guy was like constantly leching at her and making passes at her in a shopping arcade. And I went there and noticed, I just told her like, why not reacting? I just asked her, I didn't react, I didn't intervene, like why are you not reacting? You can smash his face out. Hmm. Nahi, I, I don't want to create a scene. That, that was a reaction. And that is what has been inbuilt into people who have been raised in good home, unfortunately. That don't create a scene. Yeah. And that mindset is very difficult to get out of. You need to understand that sometimes it's very important to fucking create a scene. Like what's mm-hmm. the most that will happen? You'll create a scene and then apologize and move on. Fuck it, create a scene. And for people who have been raised in good homes with like tender loves and cuddles and hugs and kisses, <laughs> this thing is very important to learn that it's okay to fucking create a scene and break a nose. Not a problem. Interesting. Is that why so, you want to clap? <laughs> Yeah, so that is how I got introduced to Krav Maga. 
because it based out levels to aggression which mm. was a very important psychological learning in a way and then it told you a lot of things that are like first responses to attacks like right. if you're learning a traditional school okay for example if i'm learning bjj i'm learning how to take down a person i'm learning how to choke a person block a person give an arm lock everything i still don't know what will i do if two people come at me throwing bottles at my head you do again you have a method you strike no the like two people from two angles coming with bottles at your head what's your reaction what do you do so kravmaga was a, a lot of it was based on real life scenarios and counters to real life scenarios mm-hmm. so in a way kravmaga is mma for, for most common real life scenarios i disagree but after a point i wouldn't say mma i'd say combat i'd say combat i wouldn't say mma yeah yeah true that it's not an art it's a combat system right purely picked for real life scenarios and it's constantly been evolving if you see the good guys in kravmaga they have constantly kept evolving and that is what you need to do you cannot say oh this is what i have been taught and this is the technique and i will continue doing this even if this shit doesn't really work a uh, major problem what, is yeah, yeah major problem again i'm also going to talk about is yeah. what bothers me about kravma guys you made very valid points right now about the what i'm talking about is uh, the one on one scenarios uh, a lot of the kravma stuff is very is very hit and miss at least from the perspective that i have studied and what perspective i have or the local folk have of it is mm-hmm. very hit and miss uh whereas if you were to look at a martial art like bjj there is no hit and miss there's no missing it's controlled aggression yeah you're going one on one so if you're looking at a one on one combative it's a problem it's a problem hmm. if you're looking at a one on one combative against a guy who's trained in combat it eventually becomes a problem even so, if somebody who's trained in like yeah any combat like fucking throw throw kick man yeah so i i actually i was expecting this question so i had made a chart <laughs> i don't know if you can see it so the, the learning curve and your efficacy against street combat okay in kravaga the initial learning curve is very sharp okay in uh, your traditional sport the initial learning curve is very slow but then it reaches a point where your traditional martial arts because they are constantly involved in face to face combat and one on one engagement start using traditional arts martial arts you mean karate and taekwondo karate taekwondo bjj judo bjj is uh, not exactly traditional it's very new it's, i wouldn't say it's traditional uh semi traditional yes judo because, yeah, the way gracie adapted it for self defense was very nicely done like right. the breakdown was really works in the street it's i would it say looks, it's now becoming traditional yeah yeah sure. okay. a, a lot of sure. bjj schools are still very like humko bjj karna hai fair enough fair enough, so, fair enough. that Sorry, gap gets cleared up very fast and if from doing like two years of krav maga i don't transcend to doing like actual combat based sports eventually you will never grow your conditioning you will never grow your capability to end a conflict definitely you will yeah. always have that first mover advantage that you got in krav maga but what after the first mover advantage ended you're not going to be able to finish it off at a high level so yeah, if you go up against somebody who is let's say skilled in, in boxing or kickboxing yeah. or jiu jitsu you're, you're messed you're messed then you'll have an issue yeah because he okay. has trained under pressure for that combat specifically right so krav maga if you're not 
on the plus side of the fight within the first 3 seconds might be an Which issue is if, ideal, okay? if you're against a basically building your reflexes and fucking off right yeah That's yeah it's like thing. i'm standing with my hands down talking to a friend suddenly somebody comes at me block attack at the same time three four punches on the face kick him again very hit and miss even if it's with yeah. two people yeah yeah that's anyway, what it can so it can go in either way that's the only problem with it that it puts uh, all people sometimes at risk also not either way it just gives you a first mover advantage which is very essential so i agree but after that it levels out if you stand face to face like when i teach krav maga i say never get to a point where you are like no, hands up facing the opponent and say let's fucking fight if you're basic to that point, it's you're basic losing. yeah it's basic sunsu is the art of war if your opponent is reacting to your attacks you are already one yeah you already halfway gone it's very applicable to any uh, martial art i would say especially brazilian jiu jitsu and mma uh, especially with feints and movements in in jiu jitsu if if i get mm-hmm. you to react you're already on the back foot now yeah exactly that's a very valid point which i have not heard before that makes sense interesting so that uh, that's the thing so i i was extremely small okay i was 48 kg osteoporotic mm-hmm. like ultra tiny and so learning certain things were a major advantage to me like it can be very basic things like if you have to attack first thing be in a pose that is not threatening to the other person the minute you put your hands up in a fight it already turned into a fight you do not want to be in that zone keep your hands up be like you are apologizing midway through the statement strike do not wait for you to complete the sentence because that is when the person is expecting something so little little things like this play a huge role when it actually comes to altercation in real life they won't give you an advantage in a ring where a referee says go but when real life and you are like sorry bhai maine to utha that is what you fucking i've done it in competition also oh did you go for a clap aman is aman 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 is a king of doing that do you see aman do that though yeah. yesterday somebody pulled that shit shawn pulled that shit exact same thing i was going to slap z's hand and shawn came and started jumping my back from Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? So, so those are things that really matter. And uh, one thing good about uh, Krav Maga schools worldwide, the one thing that all of them got right is like, do not push everybody into sparring right from day one. Okay, because if if that is the zone you create, you are automatically giving people who are already bullies or already strong an advantage. You are not giving the people who are not. already very strong or you're already a bully side of life you you pr- trying to provide a level ground for nikul yeah chance. create a level ground let them practice technique yeah. let them be adept at the technique so they don't injure others in the first place mm-hmm. if the bullies come in they're like ha ah, pocket mein spar karega and this has happened uh, at the gym where i was training uh, a moy thai and mma this one mm-hmm. guy came in very first day like mere ko to sabko maarna hai in sparring the guy is fucking throwing haymaker i'm like dude chill mar Hmm. then the coach banged him thoda and after that he vanished and he never came back again but that is that is the shit that happens if you don't do not create a level ground you'll always have these bullies yeah, coming yeah. in and trying to assert their weight and size and strength over other people and we have, Madden, we have in bjj we got madden forces for that yeah <laughs> so that that's a good thing because you need that to create a level field for the people who are not on the stronger side of things people who come to learn martial art or combat 
are not always the strongest people but when you get into most anime gyms you always see the bullies and the strong people overpowering the people who were bullied and weak in the first place and that leveling field never clears out but in krav maga in a lot of schools i've noticed that the weaker people have a chance to grow in techniques and skills use their brains get to a point where they can then get into I an engagement say, without injury good point but i would say again so that's exactly the opposite environment that i try to create with my academy uh at least in the classes i take um and most importantly the beginners classes that if i were to take uh that's very very important that the coach is not a bully you know uh a lot of times what happens is the fucking coach is a bully only what do you want to do that? yeah that, that is a fucking major problem and i've seen that the, in many places the only guy that consciously bully are my competition guys <laughs> if you are a beginner you're coming in there to do this part time i'm not going to push you to do anything you're there for fun chill out have fun right the guys who say you are going to make this my life i want to make you this to my life i am going to put them through the grinder like i do every day right yeah but i want to have fun balance. too man mohit <laughs> <laughs> be honest i'd, I'd like after, to have fun also shut up shut up listen to me after after class every day what do i do if it's not fun tell me 5:30 to 6:30 is fun dance rolls after i make you guys drill what do we do we have fun where i break my neck abo dekh tu maine tune utkar usko bulaya maine nahi bulaya that's not fun <laughs> no but uh, engineering though no no so um, so listen no mohit again you again gone down this trip about you want to have fun if you want you want to have fun you don't want to compete that's a difference yeah so So, what's so, the point? No, so if if I were to go to a coach and I told him, "You listen, I want to be the best in the world," and the guy just made me play games so all the time in the park, all the time, <laughs> I would fucking leave. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, so <laughs> if you want that, I can give you that. No problem. No, no, just go around there, do some rolling, guys. Are cool. Also, <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to te- uh, make a competition team like that, I am down. Like, no, 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 no. Don't do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the way it is. <laughs> I can't even imagine something like that. It would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> But Pushkraj, you have recently yeah. uh, recovered from the rib injury. You started doing some jujitsu. Um, how how is it being, I guess, a beginner in a new system? Uh, how how is that for you? So I have changed six careers. So oh, damn. so yeah being being new is a good thing because you're constantly learning you're constantly learning something new so i was a creative director in an ad agency drawing very nice monies which ad agency you don't mind me asking ogilvy and fcb oh wow so they're the big I, boys i was i was a creative director of any ads any ads Asian. we would have seen uh sunfish dark fantasy oh i have seen that Red Bulls, yeah. Nice, nice. Moist bought it immediately. I've, I've, I've eaten them also. They're fucking good. <laughs> oh, Moist Chamla diet. So, so this is when I was in uh, FPB Bangalore, and ITC was our client, and your dark fantasy biscuits were in testing phase. Okay, so every time they did a new lot, they used to send samples over to office. 
I gained six kgs in two months, dude. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this shit. No more. I'm not doing this. No Is more. Is that why you things. quit the ad business? <laughs> no, no. So, funnily, me, is leaking. Yeah. So funnily, me and my then boss, uh, we both had the same mindset, and we both quit advertising together. We wanted to break out of the cubicle. I moved to filmmaking, and she moved to start the first like really big yoga school in Bangalore. Like she now runs the yoga school in Bangalore, mm-hmm. and yeah, we both had like the What's similar intention to what we want to do with our life. Indira Das. Okay. So awesome. she was like one amazing boss I've had in advertising, like absolutely amazing. Uh, very funny thing of our interview also. Like when we went for the interview, I ended up we just ended up chatting for like four hours, and we realized, oh fuck, I have a flight to catch back, and I didn't even discuss salaries. I was like, uh, fuck it, I'm joining. because for me it's always been about the people i work with rather than what money you are making out of it because the people you're working with are right and you're learning a good amount of shit from them eventually you'll make your money this how i see it we should also mention that pushraj made our logo for leverage yeah the leverage fight works leverage radio <laughs> um all of it has been done by pushraj so thank you for that man yeah. so I'm yeah if you that. guys need help with your um material please please contact pushraj pushraj how do we find you man so on uh, instagram it's at credosian c r e d o s i n or at project battlefit right or you can google my name pushraj shirke and you must get it <laughs> so what is uh, what does credosian mean so credos means principle like a and credo and so i created yeah So that's a word I created, meaning coming from principle. Interesting. So it's been uh, my first email ID, and I've continued it till date. And pro- what is Project Battlefield? Tell us more about this man. So Project Battlefield started as a personal passion project, mm-hmm. where I decided, like, uh, after coming back from New York and all, I decided, okay, let's work on my body because I was always into working out and fitness and stuff, but it never really pushed. the limit to explore of what i can get to or where i can be mm-hmm. or never really got the kind of result that i really wanted to see with my body so then i started project battlefit which was initially aimed at educating myself on different fields of fitness and nutrition and performance right to work on my own body and through that i ended up getting my education in fitness i started consulting fitness brands at the same time since i was from advertising and it worked like a great symbiosis because i used to work for fitness brands i used to study fitness i kept doing my lectures and initially it was never for profit okay i was purely working on myself and then within 6 months i ended up with a physique that i had wanted for 7 years i'm like fuck education really fucking works did you try those mexican supplements no 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 this was pure natural like i have uh, up- uploaded a blog of mine which shares the entire story Mm-hmm. my my the first time I ever went on roid was at age 31 okay and i have done only three cycles till date okay okay and that also not like all out bodybuilding cycles i've never done a bodybuilding cycle as such okay so my first one was so small that it's what given to basic your depression patients like yellow by mm-hmm. 250 mg testosterone dal lo that type and that was just to test my reaction for osteoporosis so i read uh, up on nasa test <laughs> Yeah, so I read up on your NASA website that uh, testosterone really helps bone density grow because when astronauts go in space, there is no 
resistance so their bone density no, yeah, decreases and yeah, so lack of gravity they, yeah they suffer fractures and shit so they are yeah. put on a testosterone cycle to up their bone density right so then through a friend who's very educated in this and my friend and mentor i broke down the cycle and what it actually is and then i was okay. like if it works for them it might be fucking illegal doctors won't prescribe it to me but i'm going to try it what what do i have to lose i have anyway crossed 30 i do not intend to like have the standard marriage karo bachcha karo life cycle so let hmm. me try it out because i'm tired of mohit on the other hand got married at 30 which is very cool <laughs> exact dot 30 shaadi <laughs> <laughs> इसके बाद तो चांस ही नहीं है भाई की यू गाइस हैव योर फुल हेड ऑफ हेयर्स आई एम लूजिंग द क्रॉप नहीं चलता यार ड्वेन जॉनसन हैज नो हेयर दैट्स ट्रू मैन दैट गाइस फकिंग माय होप या ड्वेन जॉनसन हैज नो हेयर सम डे आई विल बी कैन यू इमेजिन लाइक कैन यू इमेजिन यू गाइस नो मी राइट नाउ लाइक दिस एंड देन व्हेन आई एम 50 आई गेस ही इज 50 नाउ लाइक आई एम दैट बिग दैट फुल एंड यू लाइक ओह फॉक सम डूड Okay, okay. You you do a little more MMA and then we'll call you the JC Jason Statter. Do it, bro. Okay, cool. Done. Shave <laughs> the beard yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, that works for your mojo then. Fine. Yeah. So as I was saying, uh, you get me on a good side. So I started experimenting on myself, and then I started seeing a lot of like results in terms of performance, growth. From a, a very skinny guy, first time got like muscular in my fucking life. Nice. I'm like, okay, this works, and then I did like a bunch of courses back to back, and it was still working on myself, like. Two years into this, and I'm still working only on myself. When you say course, you helping. mean are you an ace? What are these called? Ace? What? Certification? No, K11. At K11, I did the personal training. Then I attended the master trainer sessions. Then I did sports nutrition for athletes. Then I sat. What is K11? K11 is India's premier fitness institute. So it is fitness education only. Do they do they distance, tra- distance learning or online learning? Because uh, right I was looking at some doing, nutrition courses for myself. For nutrition, well. yes. Yeah. For nutrition, you can do online. Okay. Ashwin Kare. The beauty, the beauty of K11 is that it it is one institute that never allowed long distance education for training. <laughs> for which I love. For what? Like if you want to for training, dude, I don't get the point. It's like trying to do BJJ blue belt through an online degree. Oh, but people do it. People have yeah, done it. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. There are courses that give you a physical training degree doing only online, but I don't find sense in it. K11 has like. theory and practical so you have to achieve the results the yeah. yeah if you do not clear the practical you do not clear the exam and, and of course it's limited based on your like physical yeah. attributes and stuff like that right you wouldn't expect yeah. like a small frame so your perfect. form and technique should be perfect oh, okay 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 the right. form and technique right. should be perfect and you should at least be push, pushing decent weights you're right. not expected to do like great shit but yeah the master trainer course is extreme okay in okay. that if you're not fucking maxing out on your strength levels you're not clearing it properly How affordable are these classes? Yeah, good question. Uh, six point. So when I lakhs. did it, no, no, sixty k, sixty k, I think. 60, oh, uh, current rate is sixty k, I think. Okay. Uh, but well. when I did it, when I did it, it was twenty five k. 
फिर पूछ रहा पी ट्वेल्व न्यूट्रिशन स्टार्ट गिविंग सर्टिफिकेशन इन्फॉर्मेशन इज आउट देर बिकॉज लाइक Uh, the other day you and i were having a word about ketosis versus uh, a low carb diet uh, you know stuff yeah. like that now all that information is there out there but it's up to the individual to go then make sense of it and then follow through with the experiment of it because one thing is in theory aapko sara malum hai par agar aap apne aap ke sath you can't do that experiment and see the thing through very your mad like, mad scientist stuff where <laughs> like in a laboratory ashwin uh uh you know you have to kind of see that through and i think most people like that's where they fail they are not disciplined enough to see that whole thing through like you had mentioned you have not eaten more than 30 grams of carbs in how long now so 6 years i have been on ketosis i do a i generally do a 3 months on 1 month off i generally do a 3 months on 1 month off thing where one okay. month i'm eating whatever i want and then Yeah, I feel good. I feel it was good. that. Uh, right. For a while, I used to consult for free. So for a while, I used to consult for free, but then I realized when you consult for free, people don't value it, and then I'm Absolutely. wasting my time and my energy. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. You want the consultation? Pay a basic fee, get a consultation. I'm fine with it. So initially, it started with me charging five k for a consult, and then word of mouth kept increasing. And then eventually it got to a very nice level, and now I'm at, at a level where I I'm happy. That's good. You're happy. I'm at a level where I'm teaching BJJ basically free at the moment. Bastard! The knowledge I have, my fucking brain. I'm teaching these. <laughs> In a, I'm teaching at a shed. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly 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 keyword you mean cannot I'm finding a shed guys i cannot find it sometimes when i want to <laughs> recently it's been drowning <laughs> <laughs> like pool <laughs> jitsu oh, pool jitsu how has uh, uh, speaking of how has rolling been for you in the last few days you have come back to training after yeah you days. haven't actually rolled with some of the competition guys you just actually started recently started doing this yeah yeah i was enjoying yourself like baby rolling enjoying myself till i got fucking <laughs> jumped on the chest again <laughs> that's okay yeah, it's part yeah, of it i'm always okay boy yeah. since it is neck i think this is the fourth time yeah right much i have lost count it's that many times but it's fun like oh fuck it feels so good to like roll or train again like my body was going like bad i i lost like 5 kgs in the lockdown Depression, the lack huh? of resistance training. 
नो नॉट डिप्रेशन लैक ऑफ weight. So like a 3x or a 2x lift or yeah, a 2.5x yeah. lift and that's how you yeah. measure it. Right. So what so, could somebody do? Okay, so I know, let's say you don't have weights and you're at home. Uh, would like, wouldn't plyometrics or something be the best thing to do in that case then? For kind of maintaining so, some of your gains? I, I don't know. Home, home gymnastics. Yeah, home gymnastics uh, essentially. It, it, it's not majorly anabolic. It will like help you maintain your muscle mass to a decent level. But fatigue will not be done. And when it will be done, there will be no injury. No breakdown. And again, muscle, you do too much of plyometrics, your joints are constantly taking a load. Yeah, it's getting smashed. Yeah, so avoid <laughs> plyometrics on a daily basis. Oh, please don't. Your muscles can be great, your bones can be great, but your joint is just a gelatinous tissue patched up together. Mohit, Mohit, you will be in the pool, but you will be in the pool. I think that's what I'm going to do. Have you seen that? Aqua Zumba! Just know that shit. Mohit is jumping around in the water. Have you seen that? Silver Fox guy, he does BJJ. Uh, I'll send you a video if, uh, after this, both of you. Basically, what he does is he's a 55 uh, year old guy and he teaches. Oh, so about your age. So he, <laughs> he teaches Firaz Sahabi like quite often. Like he does so. seminars with Firaz. And one of his proprietary methods is he does solo drilling inside the pool. So he'll do like a, he'll be in a three foot pool or a three foot, three and a half foot pool. And let's say he's jumping onto a guillotine when there's a seated opponent. So he'll practice that kind of a transition or a knee slice pass or a Kani Basami entry. Like he'll visualize and practice that kind of stuff inside the pool uh, with the dives and everything without getting hurt. Yeah, so I'm thinking makes sense that- at his age. That's the move. Like I'll yeah, send you some videos. Pre- pretty fucking cool shit. Like water, water gives you resistance. Yeah, yeah, and you can and it execute exactly uh, yeah. the ability to do explosive shit that slows everything down. So there's a friend of mine in Bombay who's a physio who does aqua therapy, mm-hmm. which is the people who have had accidents or something and <laughs> cannot directly take loads in, on their joints and stuff. He <laughs> talks to you in the water. Stand in the pool and work out. Yeah, no, they stand in the pool and work out. They do that over here. Not. Uh, Indian spinal injuries, very funny. <laughs> what does my brain become after being with Mohit for so long? Just waiting to say, uh, yeah, he, he talks to you underwater. He talks to you underwater. <laughs> Stupid. Oh my god. Child. That was my brain. <laughs> this is what's happened. Should I have a serious conversation with <laughs> about spines? 
Nothing, yeah, it's gone now. Fuck it. But basically, <laughs> it's a common therapy. Like they do it in Indian spinal injuries, where a lot of people who have spinal issues they are put in swimming pools so that. I mean, underwater treadmills are also becoming a common thing now. Yeah, well, because not in this country. I mean, in this country, nothing. Everything underwater anyway. So. You know what I was thinking of is building yeah, a jogging sauna. And you're jogging. Building a sauna on my roof. Do you have a sauna any- roof? You know, yeah. I have a great, I have a great contact for that. So you buy a PPA kit, you make sure it's somewhere and you go sit outside. <laughs> That's a sauna. What else do you fucking need, bro? You're gonna build a special device in the heat to get into the heat. Ain't you fire all yet? archaeological finds and stuff. Pretty neat. Pretty I have to get on the next archaeological one. Uh, so Ashwin bailed on the guy. So he's like making it. I didn't bail on the guy, man. No, I did not <laughs> no, no, do that. He was busy. He was busy. Fucking idiot. He was on well. Bail me. Bail me. Yeah, so, so I want to be on the next one because we have uh, more doesn't know anything. So. Okay. So, so what do you want the podcast to eventually be? Just this man. Nothing at all. This conversation is over a period of time for us to refer back to the old fucks. Oh, uh, I was also, we were just talking before you came on. I think we should start shooting a documentary on Ashwin. Like before now the trials and shit, like have a camera follow him around two, three times a week. Document his day, document his time leading up to the thing. And the tournament itself, win, lose, draw, doesn't matter. But at least let's document the whole process now. Yeah, I think it'll be good content for also for the new gym. Yeah, it'll be a good thing to do. And good story. Yeah, that that's the main thing. It's a great story, and like you know, um, touch wood, God willing, he does pull it off and fucking. Wins it, bye. Fir to made. So, fir sab chhod do. Sab log apni retirement ke liye ready. Yeah, yeah. So, Pushkaraj, help us find somebody to shoot this thing, man. Yeah. So now the advantage is you have everybody has mobile phone. And look, and look at this. Right now, I'm on a mobile phone. Look at the fucking camera plan. And now you have this level of clarity and like quality on a phone cam. So, phone cams have really made documentaries very easy. Mm-hmm. If you want sure. to like really document stuff, phone mm-hmm. cams have made it really easy. There are so many professional grade documentaries which are done entirely on phone. As long as you have a hand that holds it steady, knows what to cover, yeah, you have a good editor putting it all together, you're sorted. Okay, <laughs> 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 
All right, cool, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, we'll be seeing you at training tomorrow. Yes. Awesome. Lots of my Thanks. Thank you, Pushkar. Nice to meet you guys. Have a Stay good evening, brother. Take good care, night, man. Bye. 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 Bye.